The title of my sermon this morning is Trojan Horse in the Republican Party. Trojan Horse in the Republican Party. Let's pray. Lord, we give thanks and praise to you for this time that we have in your word, as we know you speak to all areas of life and show us how to govern our lives in obedience to you. And I ask and pray, O oh God, that you help me to declare that which you give me to preach this morning, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would apply it to the hearts and minds of men, that they would desire to live faithful, obedient lives, loyal to you, O oh God, fealty pouring out from their hearts. And God, I just ask and pray that we would do right by you in these dark days. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. So I want to talk to you this morning about a very dire matter. There is a Trojan horse that has entered the Republican Party, and it is the filth of Sodom. Early last week, Nick, my son-in-law, sounded the alarm to me. He called me about Scott Presler, an open homosexual who's being put on stages across Wisconsin on behalf of Dan Kelly, who is running for Supreme Court candidate here in Wisconsin. I told him that Kelly probably doesn't even know he's a homosexual. But then I watched the video of Presler. He is a flaming homosexual. And his voice reveals it. His voice is such that what would surprise you is if he wasn't a homosexual. That's how flagrant it is. I then Googled his name, Scott Presler, and everything was sodomy, sodomy, sodomy. Understand this should alarm you. We do not join with evil to stop evil. We do not join hands with wicked men to supposedly stop wickedness. We do not join hands with the open enemies of the Lord. I was told that the Republican Party had brought Presler in. I know he has been promoted all over the state by Republican officials, politicos, and magistrates. I noticed that he was going to be heading up a gathering to do door knocking at the Waukesha County Republican Party yesterday, Saturday. So I called people associated with the party on Friday morning, two days ago, and asked them if they could find out if people would gather at a certain time for door knocking where Presler would give them a hurrah before they went out. Because often they'll have a little 10-minute gathering and just fire up the troops before they go out. I want to know if that was going to happen or if this is just a photo op for Presler, because that's often the case. The big cheese just goes out does door knocking for 15 minutes, they get their photo ops and they're gone. I was upfront and honest with those I contacted from the party and told them I wanted the information because I intended to confront Presler and the GOP leadership and take a stand there at that gathering publicly against the evil that was being done. This resulted in no small stir. I was on the phone almost all day on Friday and almost all day yesterday call after call after call. The story became, or morphed into, as the calls went from person to person, that the mercy seaters, who I have learned are feared, thanks be to God, would be doing a public protest at the gathering in Waukesha. I made clear I simply wanted to confront the evil being done by myself and establish a standard against such wrongdoing. No public, no bunches of people being called just to confront 
and wipe the spit off Christ's face and no longer see Presler placed on a pedestal in front of all the people. Why did I take a stand against this and make such a big deal about it? Why do I? Three reasons. First, faithfulness to Christ and his law and word must be demonstrated by men. True liberty is found in the law of God. He created us. He best knows how to govern us. Homosex is not only a sin in Holy Scripture, it is a crime and should be treated as a crime in society. So when a filthy man is proffered as being good by being put on a stage in front of everyone to be applauded at a civil government gathering, those who love Christ cannot sit silent. Something rises up within you. You must confront that. Second, you do not join hands with evil to stop evil. We do not put filthy men on pedestals and platforms in front of our children and teenagers and young people, or we are teaching our children and teenagers and young people that the filth of Sodom is okay and normal. And we are teaching them that we are hypocrites. We must put Christ first and honor the law and word of the Lord. Third, the reason I'm making a big deal of this is because this is part of a bigger agenda. There is a move afoot, it's nationwide, that by 2024, they wanted to start doing it in 2022, COVID set them back a little bit, they want to change the party platform to pro-homosexual. I talked to dozens of people in the party, and they all acknowledge that that is the case. So they want to do this at the state platforms around the country, and they want to do it also at the national platform. I will tell you now, once they change that, while you're trying to be inclusive and nice, once they have the platform on their side, they will exclude you. You will be excrement in the party. You won't be anything more than a water boy in the party if you don't go with the party line of homosex is fine and keep your big trap shut. So you must speak. The Sodomites want to normalize the filth of homosex. They teach their people to involve themselves in all areas of life in order to make it seem nice and normal to people, including getting involved in Republican conservative politics. And unfortunately, we've seen conservative talking heads, Republican officials, and magistrates courting the Sodomites from coast to coast. And the pulpits must denounce it. Let me say this. It is time for American Christians to stop glossing over the filth and sin of Sodom and see it for the immense evil that it is. I remember when I was involved in the pro-life movement, heavily, 30 years ago, when sodomy first raised its ugly head, how many in the pro-life movement thought, oh, good, we have homosexuals against abortion, we will work with them. And I said, we will not work with them. You don't join hands with wicked men. You don't sit there and say, we support God's law regarding you shall not murder, but we spit on God's law regarding sodomy and his criminalization. You don't get to pick and choose. Many will talk all day about abortion, and of course the preborn is something I've spoken about and whom I have acted on behalf of, even to the point of spending 15 plus months in jail. 
But they never mention the sin of Sodom. It's like it's a lesser thing. Understand both are massive evils. The Lord views both as national sins that destroy society and nations. How do we know this? From the scriptures themselves. Understand both the murder of the innocent and the filth of sodomy are condemned in God's law and word as crimes, and both are given the death penalty in his law and word. And both are seen in Scripture to bring the righteous judgment of God upon nations. The shedding of innocent blood is seen to bring the righteous judgment of God upon nations and the sin of Sodom. You do remember Sodom and Gomorrah, right? It wasn't about hospitality. It's as the apostles said, it's about immorality, the sexual filth that was going on there. We must not gloss over the filth of Sodom. Both the shedding of innocent blood and the filth of Sodom beckon and bring the righteous and just judgment of God on nations. As it says in Psalm 9, verses 15 through 17, the nations have sucked down into the pit which they made. In the net which they hid, their own foot is caught. The Lord is known by the judgment he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned into hell, verse 17, and all the nations that forget God. All the nations that forget God. Let me share a little of the history of this incremental descent into decadence in hell here in America. In my lifetime, the 62 years, I have watched the descent into hell. First, everybody was against sodomy. The entire culture was against sodomy. There was a ragtag group of sodomites who wanted to change that. And they gathered together in the late 80s in order to make that happen in America. And boy, have they done well. So first... All the Republicans and conservatives and Christians denounced homosex itself when they began to push for the legalization of homosex. Then those same Republicans and conservatives and Christians became okay with homosex but denounced homosexual marriage. Now they are fine with homosexual marriage and now they denounce transgenderism. And soon they will be okay with transgenderism and then they'll move on to their next thing. The churchman Robert Dabney stated over 100 years ago about conservatives and conservatism the following. He said this, quote, This is a party which never conserves anything. What was the resisted novelty of yesterday is today one of the accepted principles of conservatism. It is now conservative only in affecting to resist the next innovation, which will tomorrow be forced upon its timidity and will be succeeded by some third revolution to be announced and then adopted in its turn. American conservatism, he said, is merely the shadow that follows radicalism as it moves towards, forward towards perdition. It remains behind it, but never retards it. Its impotency is not hard, indeed, to explain. It is worthless because it is the conservatism of expediency only and not of sturdy principle. Yeah, expediency for their political advantage. And the Republicans have played this for decades, where they make the latest thing, the new thing, to drive everybody to vote for their people, and then a few years later, they embrace everything that they use to drive people to vote for them. And they have a new evil to drive you to vote for them. 
I travel regularly to speak on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Routinely, there are people there who are running for school board. And at times, they have them sit in front of everyone to speak and be asked questions, and they include myself on the panel because I'm the invited speaker. All these school board candidates are concerned about children and the transgenderism being pushed upon children and the mutilation of their genitals everywhere I go. But they all begin their statements against genital mutilation with the statement, quote, I have nothing against gay people, but... I have nothing against gay people, but... And then they speak against transgenderism being pushed on children. When I'm finally asked to speak on the panel, I point out that the reason we're talking about gentle mutilation of children is because we have already impugned the law of God regarding homosex. Because we as a society have spit in the face of God and impugned his law regarding sodomy, that is the reason we are now talking about the genital mutilation of children. You cannot separate the two. One flowed out of the other. We need to honor God's law and criminalize homosexual acts. I talked about this further on a podcast that I did this past Wednesday. I will put it in the detail box. Understand the depravity of man knows no bottom. What I have seen over the last several years in my travel and speaking about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is that I've been approached by people who have an association with those on a national level. And they're all excited about the doctrine of lesser magistrate. And we got to get you on this national circuit. But then Matuella speaks, and Matuella routinely talks about homosex. And when it's over, the whole tone towards me is different. And there's never any movement forward. It's crickets. They have no desire to have Matt because he will talk about homosex, and yes, I will. Why? Because I'm a churchman who's faithful to Christ. That's why. Understand men with bad intent or wrong thinking fear faithful pulpits. They don't fear indifferent pulpits. That would be the majority of pulpits in America. They don't fear useful pulpits, those who hoard themselves out for the political shenanigans. No, they exploit the useful pulpits for their own ends. They certainly don't fear wicked pulpits. They view them as irrelevant. They fear faithful pulpits. Turning Point USA, I've been in a firefight with um, some pastors over in Michigan regarding Charlie Kirk and Turning Point. Um, Some of their leadership quit over there in Michigan, heading up Charlie Kirk's group, Turning Point, because of the things I had sent over, how Charlie Kirk has brought this Trojan horse in. He's just one of many this Trojan horse of homosex. And they said, well, he told us that he's evolved, that those things you sent us are old and passe, and he's different now, and he isn't pushing it. So I took shots here in Wisconsin from the last two weeks where Turning Point is highlighting Scott Presler, the sodomite, and their people is going up and applauding him and commending him. I said, you can listen to what Charlie Kirk is saying, or you can look at what Charlie Kirk is doing. Freedom groups. I speak at many of them. Many of them I'm not allowed at because I talk about homosex. These freedom groups, 
think that part of freedom and liberty is sodomy and homosex. It is not. True liberty is found in the law of God. I'll repeat that for you. True liberty is found in the law of God. He created us. He best knows how to govern us. Homosex is not only a sin in Holy Scripture, it is a crime and should be treated as a crime in society. Homosex enslaves the individual to sin and destroys nations. And I'll put in the detail box my sermon, A Truly Christian People Cannot Be Subjugated by a Lawless State, where I cover that more. Let me say this. We already know that Janet, however you pronounce her last name, is a Marxist dog, and that she associates with Marxist dogs. I myself have been vilified all week in the media because of this. Do you want to hear the voice messages on my phone at the church? Do you want to see the emails we've received? I understand full well she's a Marxist dog. But do not try to make me vote for you by focusing on her evil while you do evil. And that is what the Republicans and conservatives have been doing in this situation by running Scott Presler all over the state. Our fealty must be to Christ. Timothy Bachleitner He heads up the Fond du Lac GOP party. The Republicans contacted him to bring Presler in, and Timothy refused to allow it. What Timothy did, so needed. And I talked to others who run groups or county parties who did the same thing, thanks be to God, for their stand. This matter of homosex is part of the civil war going on in the Republican Party right now. And you have to speak up. Not only are the Republicans willing to compromise and join hands with filthy men, but many Christians are advocates of it also, just so they can win. God will not bless it, and you will further grind America into hell if you go along with it. Continue to stand true. We must set the standard. The Lord will bless it. Doesn't mean we might not suffer, but the Lord will bless it. And we can have the peace in our hearts that we've done right by him. Loyalty to him. We must get rid of this savior mentality. Some people are still worshiping Trump. Are you kidding me? Have you read the things he said about homosex when the Respect of Marriage Act, which is really the Disrespect of Marriage Act, sodomy, emblazoned, and federal statute took place in December? Four months ago, he had a party of nearly 500 sodomites to celebrate with them and put out heralding comments about how wonderful it is. A guy who from the week before his first election danced on a stage with a sodomite flag and said nothing, and you're like, okay, to this, to where he is here. You do understand he still says that everybody should get the shot, and he says it's the best part of his entire presidency was getting that vaccine into everybody's hands. That was the most important thing for him to stand against while he was president. And yet, everybody, they're looking for a savior, someone who'll save them from the top up so they can be irresponsible and not do their duty at the local and county and state level in order to stop evil. 
Let me march out once every four years, blank, make my vote. We're good. The savior mentality. Others are rallying behind DeSantis. You know, DeSantis, whose state could only make a law where the preborn are protected after 15 weeks, you do know 97% of the preborn are murdered before that. DeSantis, who regularly runs around and courts the sodomite conservatives, sits on stages with them, promotes them in front of children. Yeah, the same guy who does his little nitpicking stuff about eight-year-olds and books for eight-year-olds, but he's good to unleash the hell of Sodom upon the rest of the state. And the media plays everybody to think these are the guys who are your heroes. No! They are not. And you must do right by Christ and stand against this filth. Some try to say we can witness to the homosexuals if we bring them into the party. They say this, of course, to justify their compromise. I've watched Christians do that with sending their kids to the government school for decades. Oh, my kid gets to... Yeah, you're just a lazy scumbag who doesn't understand the seriousness of educating your own sons and daughters, sending them up to atheistic dogs who are immoral piles of you-know-what. Yeah, and then you justify it all. Because my kid got to, he got to witness to somebody. That's the same thing that's going on here. They give a spiritual sound to their compromise. Truth is, I can witness to the homosexuals without aiding and abetting their evil without corrupting the morals of people by giving them a place of prominence at our gatherings. I can still witness to them, still demonstrate the love of Christ to them. I have a duty to demonstrate love to my neighbors also, to my children, my sons, my daughters, my grandchildren. We need to be faithful to the Lord. We've been preaching through Second Chronicles. Haven't we seen the importance of that time again and again in this book? that we don't join hands with wicked men, that we stand faithful and true to Christ, to the Lord. Listen to the sermons from chapter 12 to 20, if you've forgotten. But there's others too. Remember, God told Jehoshaphat, my wrath is upon you, because he worked with wicked men towards an end that he thought was good. Remember Asa, our opening passage, right? Yeah, and what did the Lord say? Now you'll have wars all your days. Because you didn't trust me. You decided to look to wicked men in order to help you in your situation. Repentance is needed. Everywhere I go to speak on the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, I call men to repentance. People often ask me, repent of what? This, this right here needs to be repented of. Looking to wicked men to help save us from evil. That is the number one thing is people need to repent of. Looking to wicked men to save us from evil. He condemns it again and again in the book we're currently preaching through, Second Chronicles. And I could sit here for the rest of the time and just keep saying it. That's how deep it is in here. I could repeat it again and again and again. I could shout it. Yeah, even German Matuella, timid, 
quiet, man. I could shout it. We don't look to wicked men to save us from evil. We do right by him. As he says, show me loyalty. He says, my eyes go to and fro, didn't he, in our text? Looking for those who will be loyal to me. We must honor the Lord and his law and word. Dan Kelly has joined hands with wicked men in order to try and win. He has joined hands with an enemy of God to try and win. He has multiple pictures of Scott Presler on his campaign website. He made a video thanking him and joining hands with him. He has appeared with him multiple times on stages for his campaign. And when you see those things, you cannot ignore them. No, you cannot. Dan Kelly has done wrong here, and he needs to repent. He appeals to the lie that all sins are the same in order to justify hanging out with Scott Presler. Listen to my sermon. I'll put it in the detail box. Are all sins the same? They are not. But the churchmen have taught that lie for decades, and the sodomite juggernaut has used that false teaching to work their way in to churches, to all of Western civilization, and to the Republican Party. Dan Kelly has done wrong here. He needs to repent. All the Republican officials and people who promoted Scott Presler need to repent. And we must repent of our pragmatism and fear of man and honor the Lord. That's what we need to repent of. It is sad to hear people quiver in the face of Janet, however you pronounce her name. She is nothing more than a wicked dog. I do not fear the wicked. I fear the Lord. I will do right by him. Don't you know how bad things will be if Janet gets in? I've listened to it for two days now. Their fear, their hysteria. Don't you know how bad things will be if Janet gets in? Yes, I do know how bad things will be. But do you know how bad things will be if we as his people continue to dishonor the Lord? Do you know how bad that'll be? Your little short-term fix salve of compromise means nothing in the grand scheme of things. If this nation wants to take itself to hell, and it is doing a great job of it, they will not get my compliance and compromise against Christ in order to see it done. Do you understand the dire situation of our nation? The place is being burnt to the ground. We are an evil people in America. Our laws and policies and court opinions spit in the face of God. And you still want to proffer your situational ethics and pragmatism to justify your voting for men who openly impugn the law and word of God? The powers that be are pushing us to civil war nationally and World War III internationally. The tyrants have been unleashed upon us, and rightly so. Understand, it is the just judgment of God upon our nation. And you still want to proffer your pragmatism to vote for men who openly impugn his law and word? Get it together. People ask me all the time, Pastor Matt, how do we reform the church? How do we reform American Christianity? And I always give the same answer, by the judgment of God. And why do I say that? 
because we've pillared a form of Christianity in America and throughout the West which is incapable of reforming itself. And God will reform his bride. He will purify her. And he uses judgment to get that done. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, this is the primary interest the Lord has in judging America, is judging his bride. The whole nation will be judged also. He will reform us. He will purify us. Americans have no idea what is coming. I sit in my room sometimes just weeping before the Lord. The things that are coming are going... You look at Jeremiah, 50 years of warning of the coming judgment because of their smugness against the Lord. And then when it came, he wrote Lamentations. Read Lamentations. He could not believe how brutal and awful and terrible the judgment of God is on wicked people. He's long-suffering, he's merciful, but when his judgment comes, it's swift and terrible. We must speak against those Republicans who promote and legitimize homosex. We must speak against and confront homosex wherever it is pushed in our nation and community. Truth resonates in men's hearts, even if they try to suppress it with their mouths. Truth resonates in men's hearts, even if they try to suppress it with their mouths. Our duty is to give men truth, and it is found in the law and word of God. And I end with this. Having the courage to say what needs to be said is contagious. Having the courage to say what needs to be said is contagious. Stand firm, and others will be emboldened to speak. May Christ be praised. Let's stand up and we'll close in a word of prayer. Father, we give thanks and we give praise to you for this time that we've had here today in your word. Lord, you see the state of our nation and the utter ruin it lies in. And we understand the truth of your word. That those who forget you, all those nations, descend into hell. And we're well on that path here. And as your people, may we be faithful and true to you, not cowering in the corner, but boldly proclaiming your truth in the marketplace, at the state house, before the magistrates at all levels, to our co-workers, to our bosses, everywhere and anywhere, may we be faithful and true to you and stand loyal with fealty of heart to you, O Lord. We are your ambassadors, and as such, we bring to men and the governments of men your law, your word, your great salvation. May we be faithful and true in that. May we not be like some amongst us in American Christianity who are running around checking their prophecy charts so they can be delivered from, your, delivered from responsibility of acting and just escape. But may we be true to you. May our blood boil with them. May our hearts burn, O oh God, when we see your law and word being impugned by men or the governments of men. Build that fire within us, O oh Lord.
You are the vine. We are the branches. We can do nothing without you. In this hour, O Lord, may we do right by you. May we understand that your judgment is just, and may we understand as the evil unfolds, we're not spiritual to just say, oh, we deserve it, and lay aside in our ivory towers, indifferent to it all, but rather understanding, no, you confront the evil. You confront the idols. You confront the tyrants. That's what Christian people, that's the whole history of Christianity and the church. It's the history of your people in the Old Testament again and again. Lord, may we be faithful and true to you, I pray. Build your fire in our hearts, I ask. Everywhere we go, may we tell others of your Son, Jesus Christ. May we pull out our sword, which is your word, and wield it. Lord, we give thanks to you and praise to you that you have redeemed us, that we're not just wandering around the darkness, feeling our way around, but we have your word, which is a lamp and a light unto our feet. May we be your faithful ambassadors, making your ways and thoughts known to men. not complying with their ways and thoughts because we're concerned about being light. Give us courage of heart, we ask, O Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Give us the boldness of your Holy Spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. May Christ be praised, Father. Amen.